0: Nine Chai FM, soul to soul. Welcome, welcome. Pashas Shin Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking a bit of time on a busy Friday afternoon and turning on your device, turning on your radio to this amazing station of Chai FM. We We hope over the next few minutes to speak some beautiful words of of Torah about the Pasha, a little bit about. Chanukah in our, in our third segment maybe some of the halachas, and, and we hope to inspire each other, we hope to become more ready for Shabbos and please if you gained from these words of Torah if you get a new insight if you get a new understanding, please share them with your family at the Shabbos table, let's enhance our Shabbos with the Torah that we say, let's make it a more beautiful a more wholesome, a more, a more kind of uplifting Shabbos. So the Torah says Va'yiru hmm. Echov brother saw that That Yaakov Their father Loved Yosef uh, uh, More than Any of the Other brothers Va'yisnu So they <coughs> Hated him V'lo'yokhlu Dabro Shalom And they could not Speak to him In a peaceful in a, in, a, in a peaceful Kind of way Now It happens when two people do not get along. So their inability to maintain an honest kind of discourse, which has nothing to do with their disagreement, is an indication of their hatred, their antipathy towards another. The brothers, regrettably, could not carry on a friendly conversation, even about matters unrelated to their actual area of of uh, of a discord. On the other hand, <clears throat> as Rashi observes, their incapacity to have a conversation showed their virtue, because their integrity didn't allow them to put on a show of of friendliness if they did not feel it, they didn't show it. Unfortunately, their, their refrain from speaking also caused them to avoid rebuking Yosef for what they felt was his unbecoming behavior. This resulted in their aversion to him becoming even more compelling. And, and decisive. Now, for a person to be able to accept rebuke, in other words, owning up to the error of one's ways, bowing to disappointment, is the mark of a really honorable person. It says javier Silberstein Zilberstein Shlita relates the story of a young Torah scholar who lived in a block of flats in, in central areas of show, someone opened up a children's shop on the first floor of the building, which sold all kinds of products geared, of course, to the infant through to the teenage market. They also carried children's furniture, carts, prams, etc., in order to uh, attract attention to their wares, so the shop's owners placed some of his products outside of his shop for parcel buys to notice. Everything seemed perfectly innocent except to the young Tom Chacham who took umbrage with a business using the pavement in front of his block of flats for advertisement purposes. When the owner of the store ignored his complaints, so he presented his his grievance to a Bayesian. The Bayesian listened to his complaints and even dispatched one of their own to look at the furniture on the streets but found no reason to ban this form of advertisement. Case closed. The Torah scholar, who was a decent, upstanding Ben Torah, accepted the alachic ruling. The abbezin was impressed with the young man, went over to him and whispered in his ear, you did well and acted appropriately. Who knows, one day you might benefit from the services of uh, the shopkeeper or or his products. And 10 days passed, and the young man and his wife were in the kitchen of their fourth floor flat when their two-year-old crawled out onto the balcony and somehow squeezed between the bars of the window and fell down. Their parents heard their child shriek and they came running. Overwhelmed with shock, they imagined the worst. They looked down from their fourth floor perch expecting to witness a tragedy. Hashem had protected their child. Who landed on the mattress of the cot. Outside of the children's shop. It was the Av Bezin had pretended. The young man was the beneficiary. Of his own honorable willingness. <clears throat> to accept the alakic ruling of the Bezin. The young Tam Chacham was Mavata. He manifested self-control and acted royally by accepting the ruling. And our Rav Shach declared that in his entire life he had never seen someone who was mevater and, and lost out as a result of his concession. This young Torah scholar and his child present a living testimony of this of, this, uh, uh, of truth. It's 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back with lots more in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. Back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Vayi Geshev, Top Shem Pei Beis, we're just days away from Chag Hanukkah, which Be'ez Hashem will begin on Sunday night, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in our next segment, and maybe some of the halachas afterwards, but now let's concentrate just for another moment on the Parshas HaShivuah, by Yeshiv. So the Torah tells us, Vayihibo Esahi, after the sale of Yosef, which was engineered and spearheaded by Yehuda, so it says, Yehuda went down, or, or was was kind of uh, demoted by his brothers. And in fact, the the uh, Rashi says that what is by Why do we suddenly we're telling the whole story of Yosef being sold to Machayim, and suddenly now we're going to interrupt with a whole chapter? That deals with the incident of Yehuda and Yehuda getting married and having children, and the whole thing that leads to the to the uh, very very uh, uh, kind of murky incident of of Yehuda being with his own daughter in law and having the twins that, of course, we know are the seeds of of Why is this in the middle? The Yosef. Why does it stop in the middle of discussing Yosef? The made to teach us show you do that his brothers Yehuda was the leader he was the king he was the chief of all the brothers the brothers demoted him the brothers took away his authority when they saw how pained how hurt Yaakov Avinu was with the sale of Yosef who he loved so much and they blamed Yehuda for it they, they dethroned him as their leader they said Atom you're the one, Yehuda. You told us to sell him. If you had told us to return him to his father, we would have listened to you. And therefore, the fact that he sold lays squarely in your, in your lap. Yehuda was the leader. He was the, in charge of all the shvatim. And he's the one that actually instructed them to sell Yosef. But once the other brothers saw that Yaakov, their father, cannot be comforted for twenty-two years, he's crying, and nothing they could do would comfort him, and uh, and uh, you know, he's uh, always thinking about his his son Yosef, as the pasuk in fact says. All his sons, all of his daughters, got up to try to comfort him by more aimless knocking. He refused. To be comforted, he said, "I'd rather go to. I'm going to go to the the grave in in in, in Avelis. And I gave and his father continued to cry. Therefore, they blamed Yehuda and demoted him from his leadership position by the saying, "You told us to sell him, and if you had used your authority otherwise and told us not to sell him, we would have listened to you." And returned Yosef to his, to his, to his father. Now, it's incredibly difficult to understand because Yehuda had a ready answer to his, to his brothers. What are you talking about? We were all here. We were all sitting down to judge Yosef. And on the contrary, what you agreed that he is in fact someone who because of his tales, because of the the, the stories he's he's spreading, and and that he's actually liable. You agreed with me that he's liable to be put to death. And in fact, we have to kill him. And it's only I who actually said, No, although really, as far as Allah is concerned, he deserves to die, but what are we going to gain? by killing him and covering up his his death. Let's rather just sell him to the to the Ishmaelim and let's not touch him. And therefore I actually saved his life. We had as a as a, as a whole group we had agreed to sentence him to death. I saved his life. How can it be? That like you're blaming me for the for what happened. We see from a very very important concept. Sometimes HaKadosh Baruch who gives a certain person a, a, an authority, a leadership role, and he has to know that if he doesn't properly use the power that he's been given, if, if he, if he, if he on, on, even on any level, doesn't treat his responsibility, doesn't take it fully, and as a result from that, something happens, it's completely, completely around his neck. He is going to be considered responsible. In other words, even if you fulfill your purpose, but not on, not one hundred percent, seventy, eighty percent, if you don't push yourself and and carry out one hundred percent your responsibilities, at the end of the day, it's your it's going to be your fault. By Gavriel Yehuda, Yehuda was was demoted. You, Yehuda, you, they claimed claim the the brothers, you got this incredible power of leadership. Any psak that would come out of your mouth, everyone would have readily accepted. But it's true. We wanted to kill him. And you said, let's not kill him, let's rather sell him to the Ishmaelim," And that's what we did. But... If you would have passed that this child needs to go back to his father, we would have done that. And now, uh, uh, if we had done that, Abba Jacob ya- wouldn't be in the pain that he's in. That he's in now. This terrible pain that he's in uh, uh, is only came about because you did not exercise your power, your authority to the nth degree, which would have totally avoided this whole this whole situation. Once happened that, uh, Rabbi Yosef, when he was, uh, when he would, uh, he was damning. once on, on Yom Kippur. So, uh, he was saying the words of the, of the Vidui. And he said there that we waste the time from Torah by night and by day. And he used to break out crying when he said that. And and it would take him a long time to regain control. One year, I Yom Kippur. So, the chazan in that shul, was a Moshe Chavusha, came to him and said, Rabbeinu, could I ask the Rav a, a question and get an answer? So, Rabbeinu says, sure, ask the ask question. He says, why does the Rebbe cry so much when he says those words, we Torah, Sakh. We waste the time from your Torah night and day. But we know the Rebbe uses every single moment that he has for learning Torah. And uh, you know, your mamasha, you, you, your whole life, your, whole day, your whole body is completely dedicated to Torah. What little Torah do you have to do? You have to uh, uh, confess about. So, Rabbi Yosef answered very clearly. He says. We know that all of the Jewish nation is responsible one for another. We have an interpersonal responsibility to every single person. And I, personally, I am responsible for every single Jew, wherever he might be, who's not learning Torah. I have a responsibility to him. And in, in Shemayam, they are going to blame me on the Bittel Torah, of his. That's why I'm crying. and Yosef felt that he had such a Kayah of, of leadership over client so and since that so he felt obligated to worry for every every single Jew, both in his spiritual development and his physical stature, and amongst other things, he's also responsibility to his success in in Limutara. And that's what he was Crying because he was worried, did I pass, did I, I, I properly carry out and, and use my, all the clear of leadership that I have to worry that there shouldn 't be any bitter terror in all of Am Yisrael. and that 's the responsibility that 's the leadership role of a leader to worry that Am I doing what I possibly could? Is there more I could do? Is there something else I could do to see that my flock, that those who, who I'm responsible for, and that goes to everyone. We all have people that we lead. We have we have a family. We have, we have uh, employees. We have people that fall under our sphere of influence, and we take responsibility for them. We have to make sure that they are doing as much as they can and achieving as much as they can. Otherwise, the, the, the collar around our neck because we haven't then carried out our full responsibility, our, our full, our full role as, as, as leaders, as, as dominant personalities in someone else's life to make sure that they are able to become the greatest people they can possibly become. This is 101.9 FM The program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with much more good stuff. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb, only on 101.9 High FM. one point nine High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kedish, Pashas, Baye Yeshev, Tafshin, Pei Bez, as we get ready for the Chag of Chanukah, which is going to begin on Sunday night, Habbo le'Teva. Very, very exciting, very, very stimulating, especially and this year, no one seems to be ready for it because, you know, it comes so early because usually we get it somewhere during the December holidays. Now many of us are still at work, still at school. It's quite, quite an interesting. Let's talk a little bit about, about Hanukkah as we approach because, you know, it's brought in many of the forum that already on the Shabbos that precedes any Yom Tov, it's already latent in that Shabbos all the all the influences, all the power, all the magnificence of the yontif itself is already present in the Shabbos before that yontif. And the more a person prepares himself on the Shabbos Kedish before yontif, so too he is able to merit and and glean from all the outpouring of our Hu's blessings and the holiness of that of that yontif. And certainly, certainly, when it comes to the days of Hanukkah every year, so there's there's a tremendous, tremendous uh, arousal. You know, there's a, there's an eternal, there's a, there's a constant uh, command of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said, when when there was a terrible plague going on in the Jewish nation, he said, Hashem told him, "Make yourself a serpent." The sim al and put it up on a on a pole, that every single Jew, right when when he burns the ish when he burns the 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 holy fire of the of the nearest Hanukkah and he and he burns the fire he lights a fire in himself before Hanukkah make for yourself something that. Burns. So the more you put yourself on fire, the more you light yourself up, the more you merit to the aysai al Nais that you that you merit miracles and all kinds of wonderful things of Khagana. So I say make yourself into a burning force, into a fiery, hot force of a fire of an enthusiasm, a ball of a ball of action, and then the aysai al Then you merit the miracles of of Chanukah. Of and therefore, anyone who's been bitten from that eternal snake, the snake of the, of the Yetzaru who lives inside of us. And, uh, and you know, in this time before the coming of, of, uh, of, of Mashiach, because we're all infected by this Nachash, by this, by this snake. And of course, the, the Nachash, which has the numerical value of 358, is the same uh, um, uh, numerical value as the word Moshiach, right? And varoy say when then you'll be able to see the light of Hanukkah, Vachai, and you'll be able to live a full and complete life before before Hakadosh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So let's see what we can do to prepare ourselves before Hanukkah, so we can merit and get everything we need on on Hanukkah. One of the main ways to merit. The light of Hanukkah is through, of course, lighting the menorah. We, 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 uh, we, hold we, paskin, is a mitzvah, lighting the candles, that's what performs the mitzvah. And when a person lights, not just the menorah, but when he lights within himself, a, a, a holy fire of Hanukkah, right, that uh, when, when you, when you, when you kind of, and, and when you yourselves are full of, a desire and, and and a yearning. When am I gonna to get to these days? When am I gonna finally arrive at Chanukah? When Chanukah kind of becomes an excitement and something that we look forward to, that we should be zaykha to the tremendous outpouring of holiness of doing during during these these uh, these days. It's it's brought down in the in the name of the of the, of the Rebbe that just like by Elisha, Elisha and, and that and that uh, and the widow. So when she came to him and said she has huge huge debts that she has to pay and and uh, she does not know how she's going to do it so so Elisha told her to bring does she have anything in the house so so she told her that so long as you have some some uh, uh, any kind of utensils any kind of vessels so then the oil is going to, and, and, you keep on pouring the oil, keep on pouring the oil, the oil will keep on, on going. When there were no more kalim, when there were no more vessels to pour the, the, the oil into, so then the oil was, 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 was finished. So too, when it comes to all the wonderful things, all the holiness of, of Hanukkah, and in fact of every, of every yantif, when a person has the kelim, the person prepares himself beforehand to be able to receive all that outpouring of kedusha and and uh, and, and greatness. Then he can get. But when the kelim are, are, are used up, so then there is no longer any any uh, any any hashbar. And therefore, the more the person prepares, big vessels, big ability to absorb the 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 the, kedusha, the more he's going to be able to. The, be able to prepare himself and get from from the light of Hanukkah. You know, they tell the story about of Aaron Chernobyl that uh, there was a certain uh, woman that she once did him a tremendous tremendous uh, a favor, and he asked her like, "What is what does she want?" As a way of him to express his his gratitude to her for what what she had done, so she said to no. him, She doesn't need anything. But she wants that after she leaves this this world, so she wants that he should say Kaddish for her. So, Aaron agreed. And in fact, when she left the world, he began to say a Kaddish for her. But straight away, after the very first Kaddish that he said for her, she revealed, she appeared to him in, in a dream and she told him, please, please don't stop. Please stop saying Kaddish for her. Why? Because his Kaddish, so it, it, it brought her up to such a high place in Shemayim and, and she didn't have the, the ability To to absorb and 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 to acclimate herself to the level of Gan that she was on to on such a high level she couldn't she couldn't handle it and therefore should he please he should please stop saying the kaddish for kaddish for her so we see that a person is able to to reach on 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 a on a on a chag but if he's not prepared if he doesn't ready himself and, and and doesn't get himself in the right frame of mind, then he's not going to get the kedusha. He's not going to get the holiness that he needs from that that, that the chag presents presents to him. And we know that hachana preparation, the Hebrew word hachana, has the gematria of eighty, which is also the numerical value of the word yisud, the foundation, the fundamental, fundamental of any growth process. Is, is the prepper, is the preparation. So what is it of the, what is the influence? What is the tremendous outpouring that can be available this Shabbos? So they tell a story about Job Avram Yalin. He wrote many, many svarim about, particularly about, about a person improving his, his Midas. So one time, he had a very, very di- great difficulty with the Rashi at the beginning of our parsha, where it says by of Yaakov, and Rashi says Yaakov wanted to sit in peace and tranquility, and immediately came upon the whole incident of Yosef. And Rashi carries on: Tzadikim would like to sit in tranquility. Says Ashkod it's not enough for the tzaddikim, that they want to have tranquility in the world to come. They also want to sit in tranquility in this world. And Ravam Ravom asked the question, why not? Why shouldn't Hashem want the tzaddikim to have tranquility in this world? So he searched and he found that the source for this Rashi is actually a medrash. And he was amazed to find out that in the midrash is a slightly different text. Where there it says, Yaakov wanted to sit with Shava, and the incident of Yosef came, he says, Tzadikim want to sit in tranquility in this world, says the Satan, instead of the Rashi, which says, Baruch Hu, says the Satan, is it not enough that they want to have rest in, in the world to come? And he went to the old old texts of Rashi until he found a very ancient uh, text where the where it says Omar and I just said Hey shin which meant a short for the word satan and what must have happened was over the years that shin became hashem which eventually became hakadosh baruchu and straight away the Avram strengthened himself, and he prepared a public announcement and to tell him on about this mistake in Rashi. And he got various rabbonim and, and leaders of the generation to sign it to fix the huge mistake that had that had, uh, kind of entrenched himself in Rashi for many, many years. That is, uh, it was a huge thing. It wasn't Hashem who was sentencing the the the, the 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 tzaddik into a life of turmoil. It was the Sultan who wanted it. But when he came to the to the goan from Astravtza and tried to get his signature for his announcement, so the goin said he wanted to think about it and asked him to come back the next day. And when he came the next day, he said to him, "I'm." absolutely not prepared to sign this document, and on the contrary, if you would go ahead and publicize it, I'm going to mount a counterattack against you. And he explained, for so many years, centuries, children in school are learning this Rashi with the gifts that we have, where Amr Akadish Baruch HaShem is saying it, and there are many, many very, very uh, learned shot them and, and and insights to explain this this rashi and, and now it can't be that this girsa is is a mistake and certainly omr Baruch Hu is the correct is the correct girsa the correct text in in, in Rashi. And and uh, Shlom tried to explain that in actuality both texts are correct. Because the sultan wants to muck things up and he wants to accuse and say, well is it is not good enough for the tzaddikim that they want rest in this world? Come on, they have to have tri- trials and tribulations in this world. And Hashem answers, as Rashi says, as a statement. Yes, it's true. Tzaddikim can have a, a, a tranquility in, in, in this world, there's nothing wrong with it. Answers HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the Satan who's trying to, as usual, rake, yo, know, raise things up and make, and make you make you make issues. So it comes out that the, the light, the special light of this Shabbos, Shabbos Kurdish Baruch Hu is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is announcing and saying, Tzadikin deserve to sit in tranquility and therefore this Shabbos which is the Shabbos of preparation before Hanukkah where we're going to arouse the the, the potential that Sadiqim can reach the state where they can sit in utter tranquility and subjugate the the, the externality that Yavan, who's our enemy on Hanukkah uh, uh, represents and therefore Hanukkah has in it the skula to bring us peace of mind, which in our world means to bring us parnasa. Because the lights of Hanukkah, we know, we always light it. On the left side of the door, as it says, right? you have the mezuzah on the right and the menorah on the left. Why? On the left side is wealth. And honor, and the Mogen Avram actually paskins. If you look in in Simin to, Ayin, he paskins that the the children go around on on Hanukkah and they ask for Hanukkah guilt And Hakadosh Baruch, we know he says fulfills the entire Torah and even the the uh, 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 rulings of the Mogen Avram. Hashem fulfills. And therefore, on Hanukkah, Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives out Hanukkah gelt to all of us, to all of his those that he loves, all those, all the beautiful Jewish youth. That's all of us, and it's a very, very, very great time for pouring down parnasa for all of us. In fact, it's told that one time, after lining Hanukkah licht, so the the after of Avram Yeshua heshel of, of apt went outside and he stood there for about 15 minutes and came back inside and he was very sad after a while he went again outside and this time he came inside and he was very very happy and he said to those that that were that were around him you know when i went out the first time so i looked at our city, I looked at 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 the mezbas, and I saw that all the parnasa that was fixed already on Rosh Hashanah had already been been consumed until Hanukkah time, and therefore I was so upset. How are we going to survive the rest of the year? And I decided to go out a second time and and look look heavenwards. Maybe I didn't see the first time the the truth, and when I looked the second time, I saw. That I really did see the truth, but the same had happened last year that the parnasa that was allocated on Rosh Hashanah was used up by Chanukah, but yet Hakadosh Baruch Hu uh, kept them going and 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 supplied them and and financed them for the entire year, and certainly Hakadosh Baruch Hu will do the same and and keep us going for the rest of the year. In fact, if you take the words. Tishrei, Cheshven, Kislev—the first three months of the year—Tav, Ches, uh, Tav, uh, Ches, and Chaf, which uh, stands for the word Chotach. Chotach is one of the uh, holy names that provides Parnasa for the world. By Avram Vino, it says, Hashem beirach es Avram ba'koil. Hashem blessed Avram with everything. Right by Yitzchak. After he gave the Bracha to Yaakov, and now Asaf comes to to feed him what he what he prepared. So uh Yitzhak says to Esau, who is it that before came and he brought me food Mikoil and I ate from all of it before you came, and I gave him a bracha. he should be benched. And the third time the word appears is by Yaakov, where he, in Lasik's Pasha, he met Esav, and, he, and Esav said, No, I got lots, yeshli rav. And Yaakov says, Kachnos take the bruch I've given you, ki chonaniylekim v'chi yeshli koel. I have everything. And that's why, in benching we say, Harachamon yevoreich, Rad right, Hashem should bench each one of us. Kemoshin is vorech as you blessed our fathers Avram Yitzhah Yaakov Ba'koyal, that's Avram Mikoyal is Yitzhak and Koyal is Yaakov Ken Yevorech HaSanah Kolonum Yaakov So you should bench all of us No maramein. Now Ba'koyal, the numeric value is 2 and 20 and 30 is 52 Mikoyal, 40 and and uh, twenty and thirty is ninety, and coil is fifty. Fifty 90 and fifty equals one hundred ninety two. One hundred ninety two is twenty four times eight. The total number of hours of the chag of Hanukkah. So during the days of Hanukkah, we merit to get all the brachas of our of our holy fathers, Avram Yitzchak, and, and, uh, and, and, and Yaakov. And as I said before, Hanukkah is already the light of, of, of Mashiach, And when Mashiach will come, there won't be any more poor people. All of so will be, will be wealthy. And therefore, on Hanukkah, we're already, we've seen the first glimpses of Mashiach. This light illuminates our world and we have the potential. To to get Metz Hashem tremendous success in in uh, in 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 and therefore it's a time that that there's a skula to bring down a, a better financial situation to the to the uh, 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 to the world. In fact, they asked Rav Chaim Kanievsky if it's true that uh, everyone is going to become wealthy. We know that the Torah says that in the time of Hashiach. Purim is still going to exist and therefore how are we going to fulfill the mitzvah of if there won't be poor people so he says that if there's a, there's a uh, one of the sources that brings down that if a person wants to exempt himself from having to give tithes to the poor so what he can do is he can make all of his possessions ownerless in front of three people who he knows, in order that he should be considered uh, uh, an ani, and therefore now that he's an ani, he can uh, then be exempt from giving. He can receive the 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 ma'aser the, miser, the miser ani. and That's what will happen. Even though in Talmud will all be wealthy, therefore we'll still be able to. There'll still be a possibility of fulfilling the mitzah of of giving staker. May we be ze'iche that this Hanukkah. We, we turn on for ourselves, prepare ourselves for the great light of Hanukkah, and Hashem should pour down to all of us all kinds of blessing in the realm of the physical, in the realm of the spiritual, that we should glean and, and enhance the light that Metz Hashem will soon bring the coming of Mashiach. This is 1 1.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchel Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurr, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 one High FM. So, so, on Shabbos, Shem is around the corner, and we're going to be talking about some of the basic halachot, some of the laws that apply, that are relevant to the Chag of Chanaka, to the lighting of the candles. We'll do that in a minute, but of course as we always do at this time on the show, to just give you the very important details that you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So, this afternoon, the earliest time to light Shabbos candles is 18 minutes. Past 5, 5.18 is the earliest time to get the Shabbos started. And as I always do, come on, let's go for it. Let's try to start to get our Shabbos up and ready and organized as early as possible. Don't carry, don't delay. Let's bring in the Shabbos as as early as as uh, as possible. And of course, certainly, if for whatever reason one's not going to be going to daven in shul, one can even accept Shabbos and daven meirub and start one's meal as soon as uh, that time has passed. And it's a great opportunity to extend Shabbos a little a little bit. The latest time for. Lighting Shabbos candles is at 25 minutes past six. Although, of course, many shuls accept the standard time for accepting Shabbos during the summer in Johannesburg as being six fifteen, depending on what your community what your community does, and uh, and, and therefore you know, whether your uh, shul is one that uh, that will actually accept Shabbos. Earlier than six twenty-five, and I would say, Shabbos* before six twenty-five, or, or if uh, six twenty-five comes, that is the absolute latest time to have accepted Shabbos to have everything organized, to have all the food on the hot tray, to have all the, all the uh, goodies set up, to have your mind and your body and everything around you, your environment transformed into. Into Shabbos, so six twenty five is the absolute latest for that, which means then that Shkia is at six forty three, seventy minutes <coughs> before before seven o'clock, and that's your injury time sort of situation. Really, really desperate situation. And if you therefore want to Davin Mairav at uh, at night and not have to repeat the the, the kriyashma, so then one needs to wait until about seven oh one to, to Daven Marev, if you've done that, then you're done for the night, you don't have to repeat the Krishna, and then it's time to sit down and mellow down, and really enjoy a, a beautiful, beautiful little Shabbos meal, with all the niceties, and all the fancy delicacies, and Shabbos at its best, with some Zmiras, and some, and some Divertoira, and a beautiful kind of ambiance, of what Shabbos is meant, is meant to be, tomorrow of course, is Shabbos Kurdish Parshas VaYeishiv and the Haftira is the normal Haftarah for for uh, Parshas VaYeishiv. Yisrael uh, this week is Shabbos Mavarchim, and uh, Rosh Chodesh will be next Shabbos and Sunday. So next Shabbos is going to be a a, a triple crown Shabbos. is going to be Shabbos and Shabbos Hanukkah and Shabbos. Rosh Chodesh is really a time to pull out all the stops and make a, a really really great great Shabbos. So this week we bench Rosh Chodesh, benching for Rosh Chodesh next Shabbos and Sundays, which will be then day six and seven of uh, of uh, of hanukkah Therefore, of course, we're not going to say of uh, of and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos Chodesh ends. Tomorrow night at eighteen minutes past seven, seven eighteen, is the official end of, uh, of of Shabbos, and then we have one day, and then Sunday night, of course, begins the Chag of of hanukkah and uh, and all the beautiful, beautiful laws and practices that that come into come into effect uh, uh, then. So, of course, when it comes to Chanukah, so we know there's been a lot, a lot of discussion uh, uh, about it, right? And our, our message is that on the very the first night of Hanukkah we light one candle, second night two, and on and on until the eighth night, where of course eight candles are are, are lit. And obviously the whole discussion of whether we light one flame and then proceed adding one each night, or we actually begin from eight and then... Uh, uh, work our way, uh, work our way back down to to one. Was actually a matter of of disputes. It was one of the very famous arguments that existed between the two of the greatest a sort of uh, a, a wise men of Israel, Hillel and and Shammai. As in fact uh, the Gemara, the Gemara records it, and uh, and uh, we follow the practice of Hillel that we start with one and and work our way, our uh, work our way up. So let's just talk about some of the halachot of, of 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 the lighting. So, like with all uh, uh, Yom Tovim, Hanukkah is of course a yontif that is shared with our family. All members of the family should gather and and be present at at the lighting of the Hanukkah lights. The way we do it, each Member of the family, right? All generations uh, 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 should be encouraged to to uh, to be part of it. Our, our minig is that uh, 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 wives and and daughters do not like the menorah, although in some circles the women like the menorah. And each one should have their own menorah and and uh, and, uh, and, and, light, and 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 light and light that thing. So, we we, uh, so, right, how do we prepare the light? So again, so the, the preferred way to perform the mitzvah of, of lighting the Hanukkah candles is either with pure olive oil and, and sort of cotton wool wicks because their light is pure and, and, and the, the wicks, uh, sort of absorb the, the, the oil well And, and of course that recalls the actual miracle that took place in the base, in the base where of course they used the light with, with pure olive, uh, oil. All other oils and wicks are permissible, right? But the, the, the criteria is that there has to be a, a purity of light and, and a lack of, 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 flickering are really the most important, uh, characteristics. And of course candles, made of wax or paraffin are also absolutely permitted because they give a nice a nice uh, a nice flame now each menorah needs to be prepared beforehand uh, uh, you know obviously uh, if the person themselves can do it or someone or someone does it for everybody else right every evening of the yontif so the proper number of of candles uh, or wicks suspended in oil right i said olive oil uh are prepared and placed in the menorah. We always uh, do it from right to left. Now, on the first night, we use the rightmost uh, uh, branch, and then we add one more each night to the uh, to the uh, to the left, right. So the newest flame will be the one furthest to the uh, to the uh, to the left, right. The the menorah should the candles of the menorah should stand. In a straight and even row, no, it's none should be higher or or lower than the others. None sort of should be receding or, or or protruding, and it should not be in a in a circle, right? And the there should be a sufficient space between one flame and the uh, and, and the other, so that the flame of the one shouldn't you create so much heat that it either just be joined to that of the next one, or that the heat of one candle, right, of candles I use, shouldn't cause the wax of the other ones to to uh to, to melt. So on the first night of Hanukkah, so we light the first flame and then as we said, each night we add an additional light until the eighth on the eighth night where eight lights Are, are lit. The, although we add from right to left, the candles are always lit from left to right, with today the new flame, right, being the first one that is, uh, by, by doing this each night. So we remember that it's that additional flame which represents the sort of the growth of the, uh, of of the miracle. On the first night of Hanukkah, so we make three brachas, before the lights are, are kindled, right? Um uh, and the brachas are the bracha Sheikh Rishonim Tavzivanu Lahadlik Ner Shalchanaka, according to most of the, of the texts, and the bracha of Sh'asa Nisim and then the bracha of, uh, of, of um, uh, is, is, is made, right? Um, We're gonna come back with some additional halakha, some additional information, after this short break, but this is 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on the radio, Herif Shabbos, Kedish Pashas, by Yeshev, Tav Pei Beis, as we're going through some of the basic laws of Chanukah. So we said there were three brachas you make when you light the Hanukkah candles on the first night, and then you begin lighting always from the left. The new candle is the first one that we, we light. So we, we might add from right to left, but when we, when we light, it's always from left to right. Now, the custom is after you've lit the first candle, then we begin to say the paragraph of Haineera Salolo, and then you continue lighting till you 're finished and then it 's customary we sing Mo I think in most communities it is pretty universal. We sing my many many people use the standard the standard tune, which is really a six paragraph uh, 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 song or a very brief kind of overview of of Jewish history and ends with a a for our our imminent uh, redemption from this, uh, from this, uh, this, this and um, on the subsequent nights. So, of course, we don't say shechianus; only say shechianus on the first night. So, we probably the first two brachas, the Brach of Mahal neir and the Brach of shos nisim, are said all, all of the, uh, all of the eight the eighth night, if for whatever reason one did not light a Hanukkah menorah on the first night, uh, so therefore then the first time you light it, which would be, let's say, the second night, then of course you could say, Sheikhan, the first time you are actually lighting the the, the menorah. Now the Gemara discusses the question, what is actually the essence of the mitzvah? In other words, what is the essential act of the commandment of lighting Hanukkah, Hanukkah candles. Right? Is it we know the purpose is, of course, to publicize the miracle of Hanukkah. Persume Nisa by by so by having candles. So but is the mitzvah the actual kindling of the lights or the placement of the lights? And what would be the practical uh, 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 difference? So let's say uh, the we know that there's certain places that uh, <clears throat> that are, are advisable to place the menorah. You want to place it in a place where it's going to be visible. If not to the outside, because that's not possible always, then certainly in a place where it's going to be visible to the inside. You want to put it in a place where it's not going to be subject to to winds or anything like that. You want to put it in a place that's not too high and not too low. So the question is. What would happen if I lit it in an inappropriate place and then, oh, I realized my mistake and now I want to move it to a better place. So it depends. If we say the essence of the mitzvah is actually the lighting, then if I lit it in the wrong place, I haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. I'm going to have to actually put the candles out, move it to the place I want to move it to and, and light it and light it again. If however we say the, the placement is is what fulfills the mitzvah. So who cares if I lit it in the wrong place. As long as I subsequently move it to the right place, I'll fulfill the the, the mitzvah. And the decision of the Gemara is that it's the kindling. In fact, is the essential act, and therefore, uh, uh, the light would have to be extinguished and then put in the right place, right, or or wherever moved, and then and then relit in in the new place. Now we know it's customary. To light an extra light in addition to the required number of lights for that given night and the extra light is called, it's called the shamas, which is called the assistant or the helper and the shamas can be used for kindling the Hanukkah candles and one may, one may derive benefit from it's light, but not from the light of the menorah. The light of the menorah, it's also, it's forbidden to have any benefit from those candles, certainly during the first half hour that it is, that it is, uh, that it is burning. Right? And it's customer usually placed near the menorah, but not, either on the menorah or near the menorah, but not in line with the other lights above or above, in front, or behind, so that clearly it's not seen as, as, uh, as part of the the, uh, the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah, uh, 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 candles. Um, the, the ideal time to light the Hanukkah candles, so there are different opinions. Some people light at sunset, at, at Shkia, which is about quarter to, to seven. Others light closer to night, maybe, uh, ten or fifteen minutes after the, 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 the sunset, everyone should follow their custom, but wherever time you light, the Allah that it has to contain enough oil or big enough candles to burn until half an hour after nightfall. Now nightfall uh, uh, during sort of this week will kind of uh, reach to about five past seven, so you need to have candles that are going to burn until 25 to eight. Approximately, and make sure that one has enough oil or long enough candles to, to make that, to make that, uh, that, that, that happen. That is all the time we have, so I'm just gonna wish all of you an amazing, amazing good Shabbos, and a Freyla when it comes. Thank you for joining us, thank you for being part of our radio family, and to each and every one of you, a good Shabbos, and a Freyla